Hey, it's the Great Debates. Yeah, finally. Yes. Oh. Yes. Where have we where been? Were, what where was our were we problem? last week? What were we up to? We have we fans were enjoying who depend on us. Long June. Yeah. Jeez. Guys, so, I enjoyed my first Father's Day during Long oh, June. Oh, buddy. <laughs> Hey, but hold on. This is the Great Debates, and on the Great Debates, we get right into it yeah, with uh, debates. So I've got to, I got to get us right into that. I've we'll got come Healy, back to that. I've got Healy taking the pro on Steve a listener Healy. top. That's me. Listener pro. at Eric Kenny sent us this one. It's long June appropriate. The pool should be kind of cold. Yeah, I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. Of course, the pool should <laughs> be kind of cold. Half the fun of the pool is that shock, the breaking through the, I don't know what you call it, meniscus. Dave, is that a meniscus of the water? Into the uh, jolting your whole system. That's an electric feeling. It's a great feeling. It's a summertime feeling. It's an American feeling. You don't get that when the pool is lukewarm or kind of tepid, like, you know, your aunt's soup. You don't want that. That's not what you want to dive into. You want to feel alive. Long June is about feeling alive. Summer is about feeling alive. Pools are about feeling alive. You want to dive into a pool that's a little bit cold, not freezing, but just kind of cold, enough to wake you up in the morning and get you moving. Simple cost-benefit analysis here. Yeah, is there a little bit of benefit of getting that extra little jolt? Maybe some people find that very unpleasant. I would argue that you get something of a charge just by jumping into any body of water, no matter whether it's hot, cold, or lukewarm. The problem is getting out of the damn pool. And, man, I don't want to be anywhere near a cool or cold or a little cold pool when it comes time to get out of the pool and put my towel on. Hits that cold air, I'm freezing cold. Nobody likes that. What you want is a nice, warm pool so that you can just relax, veg. You could still go swimming. No one has ever said, no one has ever said, the water in this pool is just a little too warm. You could still go swimming in a warm pool. You could play with kids in a warm pool. You can exercise. You could do whatever you want. You can, you can, you know, move around Maybe a lot, no and you'll never get it, but, hot. But nobody's liked it. Think about the great swimming experiences of your life. Really? How many times have people said this is too cold? I'm getting out. Pool, or I don't want to get ocean. out because it's too cold. It's electrifying. That's what you remember about it. That's what's memorable. The shock is what your body takes in and remembers. How many? Okay, that is let's cool. Ask, I asked the listeners and I pool. asked Medina to go back to remember all of your favorite times that you've had in a pool of any kind. How many of those memories are the shock of jumping into cold versus the times that you shared with your family and your friends because you were able to stay in a comfortable environment for as long as you wanted. Kind of cold. Even the, the top Healy, you're advocating this. for Kinda a cold, cold plunge. And if you want a cold plunge, that's fine. You could go to a bunch of spas. You could jump in a hot in a hot tub and then get into a cold plunge. And if you're looking for shock and awe, then you could have that all day long. Give me basketball dunks. Give me jumping off the diving board. Give me throwing the toddlers uh, into the shallow end and watching them scream with joy. Give me scream all of with that excitement. And give me scream with the change most in atmosphere. Of all, scream give with me the being electric. able to get it's out the of the pool comfortably and calmly. 
the, the yeah, pool that doesn't mean that it's not as unpleasant. cold as you can handle it, actually. The I, pool should be as cold as you can handle it is ridiculous. Because if that's the case, then it's going to be ice cold. Your skin is going to be freezing when you get out. And the only way that you can stay in a pool then is to move around. And then it feels like... That's the, good. You want to be moving around. The summer's about moving around. Getting if, in and out of the pool, that's fun. It should be a transition. You know what really is crazy? Is that the only way to screw up a pool is to make it a little too cold. Like, that's really the only time that pools go wrong. Maybe if there's, like, you know, if you don't do a good job of cleaning it or something, but that's not what we're talking about. Again, like, when's the last time you heard someone say, like, I, I, I'd love to stay in the pool, or, like, I love the pool, but it's just it's two degrees too warm versus, ah, it's a little cold. I just don't feel like getting in. Ah, it's a little too cold. Can I get my towel? Get that, my towel Dave, so that Dave, what are you saying? It's freezing. a little too cold. It's a little too cold. That's always, like, prefacing the good times that come when you commit. Make the commitment. Force the people hanging out of the pool party to... Whew, okay. All right. Medina, what'd you think? I'm calling this one a draw. The reason is... Clearly, it depends on what the weather is like outside. If it's really hot, you want a cold pool. If it's Luke, medium temperature out there, if it's the evening, you might want a warmer pool. What arguments on Medina? I'm hearing from listeners they need a little more ESPN post-game analysis. Yeah, great. Well, here's the thing. I love the idea of the electric feel. Obviously, Dave was kind of trying to counter that, but I can remember some excellent times where I've jumped into a very cold pool and felt the shock and awe, exactly what Healy was describing. It was invigorating. It was wonderful. It was delightful. I've also been in a, in a bathwater pool for way too long and really enjoyed that. Again, kind of depends on what the weather is like. The bathwater pool pool can be real nice, I gotta say. I mean, Dave is right. My true feelings, yeah. I I like When he says that no one ever said that a pool was too warm, but God, that feeling when you first jump into a cold pool. There's nothing like it. The thing is, it's cold. No, even a fairly warm pool is cold. That's if it's really friggin' hot out there. Breaks the surface. I don't know. Dave's mad. I think Dave might be mad. Good. No, you know, I'm not mad. I'm like, here's what it is. No, I no, feel I'm like... not mad. I'm just. Okay. Hmm? Um, <laughs> I feel like a heavyweight fighter that just gave my all and, and I got a draw. And I'm just like, what else was I supposed Like, what? I got nothing wow. left in the tank. Wow. I feel like I, I tried look. image evoking. I tried running out the clock. I tried, you know, dominating possession. I tried. I tried it all, and I'm like, I also feel like, ugh, well, whatever. I feel it like had, it yeah. has much more to do with the topic than with your performance, Dave. But I Medina, think this one is like, a, ugh, it's it's so either or. Both are great. No, I get it. Dave feels like George Foreman, you know, after he fought Muhammad Ali, and it was like the guy's just quicker. He's faster. <laughs> he's better. He, uh, what can I do? Uh, all right, we're in host chat. I think oh, I right? predict yeah, that we're going to get a lot of. He- a lot of heat, no pun intended, on this one, and uh, and and that people are going to be um, going for both sides out there. I welcome your heat. I think we're going to see Twitter support for both sides. Guys, I have a fun little sort of host chat uh, convo starter. Mm. I was thinking about this the other day. Dave, we'll start with you. Dan, jump in as well. Let's say that I'm going to transport you backwards in time. Okay. Okay. 
you're going to go anywhere from like 1850, 1900. It doesn't really matter, but you're going to go before the era of the music that we all know and love. Okay. Hmm. Is there a song, a tune that you could take with you to say 1950, uh-huh. 1960, and just with that song, you could scratch out a living or make some kind of money or at the very least like impress a lot of people and earn some status? Okay. Great yeah. question. Thank you. Very first thought, top of yes. the head. Yes. When I first heard the guitar riff to Seven Nation Army, oh, um, great answer! I said yeah. to myself, "How yeah. has is, is that not been around for decades? Yes. Yes. Has, is that not uh, like a somehow those it whatever it like is, you'd six heard it notes, before? They yeah. stick in everyone's head. It turned from a like a good rock song, and I don't really have strong feelings about the White Stripes. Like a, you know, they're they have some great songs. I think whatever. And but what is it about that simple thing that just like now it's an uh, arena anthem? And there's gotta. I feel like time has proven that that is like as sticky as a melody can be. It Easy is to play. It yeah. runs through basically the whole song. It's I feel like as close like as close as we've come almost to like the opening bars of Can't Get No Satisfaction or something, which sure, is like yeah. here is a mm. very simple I don't know how many notes it is, five notes on the guitar, and it's just like people just go, Yes, like I get it. That's my first thought. Damn. I think it's talk a good one. To this me. is on the so you're we're gonna go back in time and play the instrument or whatever and you're like gonna go rip. back in time but all you're taking with you from now is one song and i play it i don't have an right. iphone you play or whatever it, you know, i got whatever. a guitar you can, you're gonna have, yeah you're gonna have to make the noises yourself but do you think <laughs> there's a song you could take back that will that will get you dinner at, mm, at least mm, okay um well what if we just took back like some crazy like Ornette Coleman free jazz kind of thing. <laughs> what? And just wow. tried to see. This guy's could, taking how, Seven Nation Army. <laughs> either I'm going to get my head chopped off wow. and thrown in jail or whatever, or someone is going to be like, this guy has it all figured He's out. He's doing I mean, something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Boy, that's a I go went, big or go home right there. I went the uh, Dave way. I'll tell you the song that inspired this mm-hmm. to me. I heard a busker playing Wonderwall. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Great. Yeah, give me Wonderwall, Great. send me to 1970, and I'm filling my guitar case with donations. But do you have oh, to... Oh, 1970, sure. sure. I thought we were yeah. going to 1850. Oh, Whenever you want, yeah. Well, okay. I mean, you know, what's-his-face takes Johnny B. Good back to 1955, that's and it does Benson Rock and Roll. Yeah, that's true. Dave? I'm still confused by the parameters, which I think are worth discussing and picturing. Sure, of course. <laughs> Am I yes. going... Like, so now you're saying that you've got a play Wonderwall in a is that what's going on or can you, you are you are going to be dropped back in time somewhere uh-huh. between 1950 and say 1990 with just mm-hmm. the my current hands and body and nothing else yes and so Correct. I so if I want I can go okay here's the song do 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 yeah do. or yeah. I can play that on a guitar which I can't really but I could figure it out in three minutes yeah. those no that's yeah. kind of what I was thinking is like yeah okay I could get that basic thing down I'll give you a day to learn it before I send you back in time if you want 
But then is it, what's my goal here? Am I like, guys, I've got a hit. Your goal here is, I mean, you're going to drop down and say 1972 uh, Chicago and you're going to, you're going to have nothing, no money, nowhere to stay. Oh, you're trying to survive. Oh, we're yeah. going into the 20th century? I think so, yeah. Yeah, then the I have to change my answer completely. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah the yeah. game was a little amorphous. I acknowledge. Wait, let's let's put you in 1972 Chicago. That's what you got. You're going to be dropped down at 11 a.m. on a Wednesday uh-huh. in the fall, and all you have is a song. How far are you going to get with that? I think it's some tune by like Tame Impala or something like that, where it's like uh, it's the genre that people are playing now, but it's just so advanced mm. and so Interesting. like you know. See? Not that I could name a single Tame Impala song. Let it happen. So. That's a good one. That's uh, a good what's one. the, you know. Yeah, that's Let It Happen, right? What about that that's Phoenix a, song, you know 1901? That's interesting. The, like, cri- that's you know, catchy like, you got the big synthesizers. It's very catchy. Yeah. It's, what? Healy, why are you laughing? Element. I was like, you guys are not picking like the Beatles or U2 or is it like It's 1970. <laughs> it's 1972. The Beatles have already broken up. All right. Well, I mean, U2 or you know, uh, Healy, I'll, Billy one, Joel. The U2 song, One, is not bad. You need something that like grabs people that feels, I think you need something that feels like anthemic or something. But I again, like one. I like you two won. <laughs> yeah, that's I get it. It's that's sort of to like me. of the mood because in in the early seventies, yeah. Lennon was starting his solo career, so we were mm-hmm. kind of like I don't know where Imagine was at this point, but we were close, right? So uh, a one type song would would do really yeah. nicely. A uh, we are the world would be great. Just a convo starter for all the debate heads out there. What would be your time travel song? Time travel survivability with music. I think that this game is so much better if we're taking the song back to the 19th century. <laughs> sure, back okay. Back to 1870. Yeah. Let's put you in 1880. What, what Boston. is going to travel back to a time when there were no electrified instruments? It's I'll October 6th, 1880, in Boston. That's where you end up. <laughs> What do you? What song do you want? Think it over. Well, October that's Black 6, Betty, obviously. <laughs> yeah. No, I will say a, a possible fun game to explore on your own time is like <laughs> is this, which is like this is all our own time, my friend. Go, you know, hashtag time travel. What did you call it? Time travel. Time travel music challenge. Oh boy. Basically, hashtag like pick an event in history and the song that you wish you could go back to play mm. for. Like, what do you wish mm. could be the anthem of the? You know, Union Army, or I don't know, that's dumb. Seven Nation Army would be good. It doesn't We're really make sense. We're the Union Army. Well, that's terrible, but yeah, something like that could be I good. don't know. You played that before Gettysburg? Maybe it's over in two days instead of three. <laughs> Did we come here to talk about Only time one travel? Way to find out. No. Uh, no. We came here to do some debating. Yes. I have a topic that I'd like to introduce. Thank Let's you. Let's debate. And but here's the thing: I'm going to introduce the topic, and then we're going to decide who's going to take the pro because I'm really not sure. Okay. Okay. Um, the topic is comedy is lame now. Wow. Comedy is okay, lame well, now. I, I think it's less life affirming to think that comedy is lame now. So I'm saying I should probably take the con. What Dave, do you think, Dave? Dave Dave's in pain. Well, no, I'm just trying to think what is it, is it somehow, I, I, I basically agree with you, Healy. I just okay. want to make sure we're covering our bases. Is sure, it, yeah, is, definitely. Is it at all life-affirming 
to suggest that, you know, comedy is lame now because it was better before. Just a perception. I feel like you're afraid to take the pro, which is fine. I will take the pro on this topic if you want. Well, if you're willing to, I'd be cool with that. I mean, okay, yeah, okay, <laughs> sure, but, no problem. Okay, all right, I'll let you go. I'll, I'll, all right. think, I appreciate that. Okay, I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. Look, comedy is done. It's toast. We've done it all. Comedy as a profession has been around for like a solid 50, 60 years in the United States, which is too long. That's just too long for stand up to have gone on. It's basically a tired form that has no life we there's so many media there's so many channels streaming areas youtube twitter every single person in the world is basically a amateur comedian putting their comedy out there we've hit all the major beats of jokes we're not coming up with a lot of interesting new forms comedy is not um in a society like ours where you can get away with saying and doing whatever you want more or less it's just not that interesting to ridicule the people in power or make them look foolish or put the, push the boundaries of behavior in the way that comedy has traditionally done and been strengthened by comedy now has become the, 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 the between the ucb and all the theaters people are doing it's almost like a career path the same as becoming a lawyer or a dentist or something it's just kind of uh become stained by uh ethos that's just not healthy for it it's not rebellious it's not inventive there's too much of it we've been doing it for too long i don't know what the future is but i can tell you that comedy right now is not at a point of freshness and revolution and invention you know it's nothing against comedy genres do this i don't think jazz is at a period of freshness and revolution right now either it's just not an art form at its peak of coolness it's in a lameness dip Probably some people will come along and reinvigorate comedy. I hope so. I like comedy. I'm a fan. But comedy right now is not cool. It is lame. Comedy is arguably more important than it's ever been. And uh, nothing- You sound tired saying it. Opening statement. Opening Thank statement. you, Dave. Sorry, Dave. Dave, sorry. I respect your statement. There is nothing less lame than being vital and important. And that's what comedy is right now. Comedy is not necessarily, it can be about being, you know, stupid and funny and getting just like the, whatever, the the dumbest jokes you want. But at this point in time, no people, no genre are making greater strides against this basically like fascist government than people in comedy. And there is absolutely nothing lame about being on the right side of history and being the ones with the sharpest tools in the shed. People, I'm gonna, I know this is like corny and I've probably referenced this before, but people always make the mistake of saying that the opposite of comedy is being serious or the opposite of being funny is being serious. And as the, uh, the comic G.K. Chesterton, just Chesterton, the writer, British writer said, the opposite of funny is and always has been not funny. It's not being serious. And there's a huge difference between the two. Comedy is an incredible tool right now. We can start with all of the stand-ups who are every night, who you can argue are like, just bouncing around the same bubble that people on the right are, but they are getting through to some people. They're culturally relevant, arguably more so than ever. 
Also, on a separate tangent, if you are looking for comedy that does feel different and does feel like we're finally getting somewhere new, that comedy is out there too. The word genre bending is like only applied to comedies now. Atlanta, Nathan for you, Joe Parra talks to you or with you. Those are just a few examples of the kind of shows that qualify as comedies that people go, I've never seen a show like that before. Or like, this is funny in a different way that I've been laughing at stuff before. Absolutely comedy isn't lame right now. Comedy is like what we need more than anything, end of opening statement. Okay, unfortunately, the track record of comedy at helping out in a fascist situation is zero to negative. 2003, Jon Stewart is just crushing it night after night on The Daily Show. What happens? George Bush gets reelected. We have Obama. Donald Trump gets elected. Like, the, the, the genius period of comedy in the U.S. didn't do anything. It didn't stop this train one bit, one whit. It may have made us feel a little bit better. It may have, you know, alleviated the misery of living in a world where uh, people were telling you lies constantly from the White House. But unfortunately, it didn't do anything to stop it. There were millions of funny comedians in Berlin in 1933. What good did they do? Nothing. Sure, there's a couple interesting genre-bending shows, as Joe mentioned as a uh, uh, Dave mentioned but I don't think any of those are changing anyone's mind if anything the insistence of comedians on being political all the time and speaking up all the time is turning people off where what what cause do you see conservatives rallying around more than like please Hollywood stop lecturing to us we are tired of this it's not doing us any good to have you guys tell us what to think it's it's condescending it's foolish you look ridiculous we feel angry about it if anything that's driven voters into the arms of the entertainer president the, like comedy, if, if comedy's done anything, it's permitted a world where, the, where basically a television clown has become the president. Comedy is not helping anything, unfortunately. I but the idea was, that comedy has something—the idea that comedy created Donald Trump is ludicrous. You know as well as anyone that presidents for decades, if not centuries, whoa, 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 have wait, used wait, their wait, sense wait, of humor wait, to get wait, somewhere. Wait and you know Dave. as well let's, that comedy as an second. art form Dave, has Dave, been around Dave, for millennia. Dave, yeah, Dave, do go pause ahead. for one second. It is very plausible to posit the origin of Donald Trump's run for president at a basically comedy roast, the White House Correspondents' Dinner, where he was lit up by professional comedy writers. Like, that was a moment where he felt humiliated, and what happened then? He ran for president. Like, basically, a comedy event could be seen as a catalyst in the creation of this guy's political career. Okay. How did he get famous? Comedy Central roasts, The Apprentice, largely a semi-comedy show. The guy's statements are basically, he covers his ass by presenting them as half jokes. Donald Trump is a comedy character, and that speaks to the lameness of comedy, for sure. Donald Trump is a comedy character? Yes. He, I, He's I, absolutely a character that exists in a world where comedy's taken over too much. It's gotten too much power. Healy, you're trying to have it both ways here by saying, on the one hand, that comedy has absolutely no effect on what's going on in the world. Look at what did this all do at the end of the day? And at the same time, that it actually like was the reason that Donald Trump ran for president. Well, now, whether that's a negative outcome or not, that's still incredibly powerful. And there's nothing lame about being powerful. So you okay, could say, like you could that. say that, all yes, right. comedy so you're is saying comedy is not lame because it helped Donald Trump. Uh, that's cool. I like that take. Well, I'm... Is that where you're going? 
yeah, I mean, like, if you're going to, like, if we're really going to look at what the word lame means, it doesn't necessarily mean, like, a force for evil. It means, like, weak and irrelevant yep. and, like, yep. stupid. Well, comedy is none of those things. If you want to argue that part of being lame is, be, like, being you know, evil or net negative, then I still think that the good that comedy does far outweighs the bad. And for you to say, let me, because I, I gave you some time here, so let me just speak for a second. Sure. For you to say that Jon Stewart and The Daily Show and that era of like comedy, lefty comedy, whatever you want to call it, didn't have a positive effect on America simply because George W. Bush like won the re-election in 2004, we have no no possible way of measuring the the like total amount of, of uh, activism that was raised by shows like The Daily Show and currently by shows like whether it's Samantha Bee or whether it's Billy Eichner doing like Glam Up the Midterms, all of these, like that's just two quick examples of shows that are political. Seth Meyers is political every night. By the way, you said like, it's lame now that comedians have to be political, not so the case. Fallon steers away from politics. If you don't want to show that, if you want a middle of the road, like silly fun show, you can still do, you can still watch NBC at 1135 and Fallon will be there for you. And there's other shows like that. Like there's nothing political about some of the shows that I mentioned earlier that are like absurd. I mean, you watch Rick and Morty, I don't, but I'm sure I doubt that they're dealing with the Trump controversy or like anything like that. And like, like yeah, be, uh, so what? There's more of it. Okay, there's UCB. There, I get what you're saying that it's like become a little pre-professional or something, but the, the tool of comedy and like I mean, if you, the, the, there's a reason that like kids want to be in comedy. It's because it's not lame. It's hard to make an argument that says like it's more popular than ever and like all the young people are trying to do it and that's lame. Well, historically, the things that like kids are trying to do and like the burgeoning, like, uh, what do you call it, you know, vocations, those are not lame. Those are the ones that are going to like stand the test of time and are of the moment. So if we're riding this huge wave of like comedy talent and like young people who want to get involved, that if anything signifies just how unlame comedy is right now. Medina, what do you think of the debate? Well, we're done. Oh. Yeah, we're I think done? so. I took some of your time. I mean, I could go on, but I don't think it's necessary. Okay. Okay. Whew. So, <clears throat> mm. <laughs> um, it's like the Yogi Berra thing. Nobody goes there anymore. It's too crowded or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I think, I think I'm with Dave on this one. Wow. Healy is furious. <laughs> I'm not, actually. I'm not. Oh, I'm not furious. And actually. Let me tell you why. Um, he, first of all, I don't, I'm so happy to hear from Dave King on the state of comedy. It's like, you know what? There's yeah. no better evangelist for what's, like, what channel do I turn to? What show do I look at if I want this? This guy knows not only the comedy that he likes, but he knows about what's going out there, the breadth of the selection. Yeah, this, baby. You know, and so I think, first of all, there's a tour de force there. Second of all, I don't know. I I don't I, I don't think that it's lame that it's 
poisonous and um, potentially doesn't is maybe out of control. I guess is the thing. The the idea that you know, tr in in my personal opinion, Trump is more popular and successful because he's made fun of so frequently. If we could just hmm. stop talking about him, he'd probably in a in a weird way kind of go away a little bit. But we can't stop talking about him. The comedians can't stop talking about him. So that's a lot of his popularity is 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 that is is made is created by the people that hate him. I think that's not great for America. Right. But is it something that's lame about comedy? I don't know. It's weirdly relevant. <laughs> Dave, real feelings. Yeah, do baby. you think comedy is lame now? No, not at all. Mm. Cool. I mean, it's so I think giant it's... that for to call it lame almost feels like. Right. I mean, obviously, some of it is lame, and some and some of it isn't. But like to mm -hmm. want to do comedy, I don't think is lame. Well, to want to do anything is kind of cool, right? No, that's the, I think no, that's the opposite of cool. <laughs> cool is not wanting to do anything, man. Healy, you never learned. You never learn what well, it is to be cool. Remember, twenty one. Jump I think Street, you. I think you love to present yourself as an expert cool. on cool, which is one of the most <laughs> ridiculous things in the world. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably true. Yeah, that's fair. That's, <laughs> oh, that's a bummer. Oh, guys, what were Dan, you saying, gentlemen? Oh, okay. I enjoy. I, I. What I was saying is, I really enjoyed this debate. As per usual, I hope you're enjoying Long June. I know that I am. And guys, I can't wait to see you next week on The Great Debates. She said, baby, things change. I said, but I feel the same. She said, well, let me explain. Baby, how things can change. The Great Debates is produced by Mark Caracello. The theme song was composed by Christopher Knight. The debaters are Steve Healy and Dave King, and the podcast is moderated by Dan Medina.